You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, my guest this week is someone who you will definitely recognize uh, by his voice, uh, probably also by his jokes, but he's also someone who's discovered mindfulness and has become a huge part of what he does, both on a personal level and on a business level as well. Dermot Whelan of Today FM, one half of Dermot and Dave, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thanks very much, Carl. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, yeah. Um I'm just very excited to be here talking about this part of myself that I don't normally get to talk about on the radio or on stage, you know. So mindfulness, how did you get into it? Where did it, where did it start for you? It started for me in about uh, 2010. Uh, one time, it was the weekend, and I woke up at the bottom of a flight of stairs, and I had knocked myself out. And it was the stairs of a karaoke bar. <laughs> and that... <laughs> The day had been quite long, the night was still going, and I somehow had lost my balance on this flight of stairs, and I woke up in a pool of blood, and I remember opening my eyes, and all I could hear was uh, a hen party in the room next to me singing It's Raining Men, and I thought, this is not how I want it to end. (laughs) This is not the exit from planet Earth that I had really anticipated. Something a bit more graceful, uh, I thought, maybe, but... It was, uh, I had fallen down the stairs basically and knocked myself out unconscious. And anyway, I went to the hospital and thankfully I didn't have any broken bones or anything like that, but I was concussed. And it was at that time I went, you know what? I think that not having an outlet for my stress and choosing alcohol, uh, it's probably not the answer. So I decided it's got to be something else. So around about that time, I met a lady who asked me to do her book launch and I found out that she taught meditation. So I said, I tell you, why don't we do a swap? I'll do your book launch if you introduce me to meditation, because it always strikes me that, you know, we get, you know, in the fitness world, if something if you want to get fitter, we go to guys like you, we go to an expert, we know who to go to. We know roughly the kind of questions to ask. We know what a gym looks like. They're Mm -hmm. all over the place. You know, if I have a twinge in my back, it's annoying me, we go to a physio. I know who to call. But if something's going on in our minds and something's there that's making us feel uncomfortable, sometimes it's difficult to describe. A lot of us don't know where to go. And at that time, all I knew was because as teenagers, you know, people we know are are, um, by example, our parents and adults around us. All we're taught is, are you feeling anxious in a social environment? Have a beer. You know, have a glass of wine. Here's some alcohol. That will get you through it. Or cigarettes or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But no one ever sat us down and said, okay, here is a toolbox. This is for you. And anytime you're feeling anxious, burnt out, lost, confused, these are things that you can use. No one ever really did that. So it's no surprise that I was probably drinking too much. I was was working too, too much. I was on stage. I was on telly. I was on the radio. I had small children. So... I didn't have the toolbox at that time, so 
I went to whatever I had been trained to do socially, and that was drink alcohol. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it led to me falling down the stairs of a karaoke bar. But plus, as a job, you're on. So, you know, we've interviewed rock stars before and people in the, in, in, in the public eye before. When you're on radio, you get a buzz from that, presumably. Uh, when you're on stage, I would imagine even more so. The fact that it's a live setting, you're in front of a crowd. that The come down from that is very hard to manage. It is. It is difficult because there's all kinds of stuff going on. Your adrenaline is going, your cortisol is going, and it's very hard for a lot of performers uh, in in any discipline to find sleep. I mean, I teach meditation to people in uh, in the acting industry because and musicians because I know what it's like when you come off stage and you've done a performance. It's the last thing you really feel like doing is lying down in bed because you know you're going to be staring at the ceiling. And again, usually the only thing that we know to reach for is a drink because we think, you know, a couple of drinks will knock me out, make me a bit sleepy. Um, You know, and sometimes it gets worse. People reach for sleeping pills and the epidemic of prescription drugs in the States is just a real example of that. People don't have the tools or they don't know there's other there's another option Mm -hmm. that's free and more effective and better for you than reaching for a thing of pills. So, um it is, it, well, it is hard to switch off after performing, but it takes very little if you know the right things to reach for to actually get you into new habits where you don't have to self-destruct to relax. And you think it's become more popular in terms of mindfulness, meditation. Uh, there's a more conscious awareness of the mindset over the last probably three to four years in, in this country. There is. There's been an amazing increase in all of it because I even remember going into uh Dubray books there on Grafton Street and I was in looking for a particular book and in the the what would you call it the self-help section there were I think three books on mindfulness and I bought one of them because I wanted to learn a bit more now there's an entire mindfulness section mm-hmm. and that's only in a few years and I think it's great you know I've, the more normalized it be, it becomes the better and that's my mission if I have one is to teaches many people out there that there are tools you can reach for. But I want to deliver the message in a way that's entertaining and it uses my skills as a communicator and as a comedian And uh, because I think it's quite intimidating, you know. Um, it scares some people away. Even, even the word scares people off. I think yeah. men probably more than women have been slightly sexist there, but I think that's probably a fair well, You're not really, statement. and that's another part of something that I want to do. Particularly, I want to reach out to men, because if you go to any of the workshops or um, you know, weekend seminars or anything in this area, the ratio you'll see of, men, of women to men is probably 80-20, okay. and that's probably being kind. Wow. Sometimes you turn up and there are no men there, or if there are, they're kind of husbands or boyfriends who are dragged <laughs> along <laughs> against their will. They're just going, they won't ask me to chant, will they? <laughs> uh, so I, I think men especially need it. Uh, I mean, you know, it is an adjustment because, as I was saying, as teenagers and kids, we weren't trained in any mm-hmm. of this. None of it is normal. You know, so it's about, for me, it's about normalizing it. And sometimes... In in you know in the past these kinds of discussions have been held by you know monks or recluses you know or as part of my talk I show pictures from Instagram and I, I'm I'm really determined to tell people what meditation isn't mm-hmm. before we start talking about what it is because it's not somebody in white robes you know sitting on a beautiful cliff top it's not some lad in a cave in you know 
what appears to be a nappy. You know, it's <laughs> it, these are just real tools for normal people. And you don't have to be a weirdo or a hippie or burn incense or any of that stuff to get into it. And it's stuff that works immediately as well. Okay, so you burnt out. You had your uh, epiphanies probably a little bit strong of a word, but probably about right. You did the trade-off with the author. Then mm. what happened? Then I just started to introduce the practice of meditation. So she she introduced me to meditation and I, I began to kind of work away quietly on my own. And I suppose I became what a lot of people listening might be, and that would be a crisis meditator. That's where you try it for a while, you think, yeah, that's kind of cool, and it's nice to tell people you meditate, because that sounds cool. <laughs> and But then you're not actually introducing a regular practice. So all the science of meditation is, and just like anyone going to the gym, you can't turn up every now and again and wonder why you're not built like, um, you know, Thor from the, the <laughs> Avenger movies, you know. So I suppose I kept it going, had a regular enough practice, uh, but then I still found myself getting stressed out and burnt out and I was going well look I have a choice here I can either go back to the boozing ways if that's what all I knew or I can actually dig a bit deeper into this so I decided to do a teacher training course so that for over a year so that I would then deepen my knowledge of the whole area make sure I was doing a regular practice with no real intention of becoming a teacher other than that my friends were coming to ask me about it so I would like to have, I would have liked to have a kind of a formal structure, you know, that I could put around it. So I, over the course of the teacher training, I fell in love with it even more. I deepened my meditation practice. Uh, it's become a really important part of my life. And now I realize that I get more joy out of teaching people meditation than I do from stand-up comedy. And Really? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, it was really strange because I did a... Uh, I did comedy in the three arena. Uh, now, it wasn't just me by myself. It's a big crowd. It's a big crowd. <laughs> and it's a big stage. And, you know, for many stand-ups, this would be a real, you know, a, a real milestone in their mm -hmm. career and go, wow, I can say I've played the three arena. And it was a fantastic night. And there were other comedians on the bill and it was for charity and it was brilliant. And, of course, 10,000 people laughing at your jokes. Why else, you know, do we do comedy? The dream, presumably. Yeah, exactly. A few days later, I went into an insurance company and I taught 80 people meditation. And walking away from that, I had such a bigger high. And I realized that actually this is where I'm getting my joy. This is where my excitement is at the moment. I still love doing stand-up, but there's something about using everything that I've learned up until this point to deliver something that actually has a message and really helps people. And when you hear the feedback from people who are working in companies are a little bit lost and something clicks for them, you know, they, you never know who you're going to touch and, and when, you know, they do say that it's, you know, it's the message plus the messenger plus the timing. So you're not going to hit everybody at the same time. Mm -hmm. But if you do hit a group of people who want to go that bit deeper, get to know themselves a bit more, maybe learn to be a bit kinder to themselves, because I think particularly as Irish people, it's an epidemic of just beating ourselves up. We're brilliant at that. Oh, we're yeah. experts, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think if even a few people learn from what I'm, you know, talking about, and if I manage to do it in a light enough and entertaining way that the message actually goes in, then I get such a buzz out of it. I love it. And of course, when you went to learn about it, it wasn't just learning from, you know, a, a local course. You went to one of the world-renowned experts uh, in meditation. 
I did. I went to uh, California, a place um, called Carlsbad. There's a chap called David G who lives there. Fascinating guy. He used to work in Wall Street. Um, you know, was a broker. That was his life. It was a fast-paced, you know, New York trader uh, lifestyle. And uh, he was walking down the road, and uh, a homeless guy who was sitting in a, car- a cardboard box grabbed onto his trouser leg and said, "What's going to be written on your tombstone?" Uh, so. <laughs> I think that would frighten the life out of anybody. <laughs> so he had a massive change of direction and he's now one of the leading uh, stress management teachers in the States. He teaches law enforcement and the you know the army, military and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he, interestingly enough, you know, techniques that are thousands of years old and practiced by the Buddhists, you can rebrand them and when he's dealing with the military, he calls it tactical breathing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's about how you communicate this very simple information. So I, I know if, look, if if I'm talking with a bunch of uh, yoga practitioners, I can start to go, uh, you know, into the Eastern traditions and uh, mention scriptures and that kind of stuff, but and, and use alm and, you know, those kind mm-hmm. of things. But if I'm in a company in a very corporate environment, you can focus on the science of it as well. And there's so much science of it over the last 10 years. It's um, it's really fascinating. Folks, you're listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. We're having a fascinating uh, conversation. Re- it's it's a whole side to you that I like. I listen to your radio show. I'm sure lots of our listeners do. This is a flip side to you that that certainly I've never never heard or seen, and I think it's fascinating so far. Yeah, it is. That's what it's like for me. In fairness, when I do turn up to to, to give a discussion, people are expecting, oh, you know, this will be great. Twenty minutes of jokes. Of course. But you know, I do try and inject a lot of, of humor and comedy into the stuff that I'm doing because there's humor there to be had. You know, and I think the more you can reassure people that you know it's it's normal to feel weird. You know, if you're sitting with a bunch of your colleagues closing your eyes, you know, saying I am to yourself, it's going to feel weird the first couple of times you do it. I remember when I started, uh, I couldn't even say the word meditation to my wife. I just because it sounded so wrong coming out of my mouth. So I'd be like, I, I'm just uh, I just got upstairs. Uh, what are you going up there for? <laughs> I got up to meditate, meditate, meditate. What? What? Oh, to meditate. And then, you know, both of us would go red. And then eventually I just, <laughs> I don't know what she thought I was doing up there. In fact, it was probably less embarrassing to say I was I was looking at, you know, disgusting websites and to have yeah, to yeah. say the word, you know, meditate. <laughs> but you get used to it, you know, it becomes normal. And it was really important for me then to normalize it for my kids. So they know that, you know, if I come home from work and I go, look, I'm going to take 15 minutes upstairs. I'm going to meditate. I'll be back down and we'll play and chat and do all that it's normal for them to see, you know, okay, a busy human takes time out, even if it's 15 minutes, that's something that I can do. So, so they do it. Eventually my wife got into it as well, but, um, it, 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 I understand that it's weird for people and it can be uncomfortable and it can be new and you can feel a bit silly even talking about it because, you know, some people just will never get it, you know, and I, I meet a lot of people who will be afraid to bring it up around, not only their friends, but sometimes their partner. And that's difficult. You know, if you're on a bit of a journey of self-discovery or you've you've come to a few conclusions about where you want your life to go and the person you're 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 seeing every day, your your life partner isn't with you on the journey, that, that can be pretty tough, you know. So it's about creating whatever space you can. And all it is is just making space for yourself, you know, and cutting out the racket for a few minutes. Um 
And talk us through, I suppose, one of the, the misconceptions people may have of the fact that it takes, you know, you're in a room for two hours and it's all, you know, you're, you're sectioned off from life. Talk, talk us about your week and your day mm. and how much time you spend meditating or how often you do it or, what, you know, what's a normal, you talk about consistency earlier on, what's a, what's a normal week look like in terms of downtime and meditation for you? Yeah, I can tell you about why the consistency is so important in a couple of minutes. But just f- for my day, I, my alarm goes off at 5.30. So I know that I have half an hour of meditation before I do anything else. And really, it's about building it into your routine. And I do get asked that question a lot. How do I how do I do this every day? And really easy ways, the the ones that I learned was RPM, which is rise P meditate. So (laughs) get up, do what you got to do, but make sure the meditation is the is the next thing that you do. So that before you reach for the coffee or the kettle or the emails or the phone or whatever, you've got this in the bag. It's done. You, you forget about it. And then there's another one called raw, which is right after work. So in an ideal scenario, you would, and this is the way I do when I come home from work, I'll do a half an hour then. Some days I feel like I'm going a bit, I want to go a bit longer. Some days I might do a bit shorter. But any of the scientific studies, a half an hour a day is where it starts to have an impact. I mean, there's an amazing study uh, it was done in the University of Massachusetts with Massachusetts General Hospital back in 2012. And they took uh, 16 people who had never meditated before. And for 56 days, so for eight weeks, they meditated for half an hour. And they just wanted to check things like blood pressure, um, you know, growth hormones, sex hormones, stress levels, cortisol, all that kind of stuff. And of course, they found a massive advant- massive benefit uh, in all those things. And they're all the, the opposite of what happens to our body when we're in fight or flight and under stress. So the benefits over eight weeks were incredible. But what they didn't expect to find was the actual shifts in the gray matter of their brain. So their amygdala, their fear center in their brain, the one that causes us to be, causes us to be anxious or afraid, are in fight or flight mode. Uh, that part of, of their brains actually shrank. It physically, there was less of it. So how can you have as much are as many fearful thoughts as you were before if physically the grey matter isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And conversely, the part of their brain that allowed them, that accounts for spatial awareness and memory, that had grown. So your sense of self-awareness and what's happening around you and how you're able to deal with it has to improve if that happens as well. So that's why they traditionally say a half an hour. But if you're starting off, you can just do five minutes. And does the half an hour need to be a half an hour block or can be broken up into, say, five minutes and ten minutes? Can you do yeah, it you could do for, it for, for one say, minute. a phone-free lunch? Or, you know, it, or is that breaking it down too simple in terms of, you know, put, getting yourself away from your phone away and just thinking, being in the moment for one for a better word? Is that uh, a version of it? Yeah, well, uh, I suppose, you know, mindfulness in itself is is a way of, of living. And that is you being as mindful as you possibly can be. So a- any exercise where you can be present in the moment, whether it's washing the dishes or loading the dishwasher or deciding you're going to eat your lunch and actually taste the food. Um, you know, of course, that helps. But, you know, anyone listening to this who just wants to start, guided meditations are a great place to go. And that's where I went first. And a lot of them, they can range in length from five to five minutes to 30 minutes. But if I was going to sit on sit on my own, some people I've sat with groups of people and some people just physically they cannot sit with themselves. They haven't learned how to sit with themselves for five minutes. And my heart goes out to them because they're really trying. And of course, the more you try to do something like that, the harder it is. So 
if anybody wants to get into it, literally five minutes in the morning is a great place to start. Do that for three months. Just do five minutes. Do the RPM, rise P, meditate, rise P, meditate, and do your five minutes. You can just focus on your breath. Now, the, obviously, meditation is, it, it, it's not sitting in the lotus position. It's not sitting some way, you know, where a, an Indian guru sits. It's about getting comfortable, and that's another one of those uh, sort of um, uh, that things that people get wrong generally. Kind of misconceptions. Misconception. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> couldn't think of the word. Uh, it's one of the common misconceptions is that you have to get into an uncomfortable position to do it. And I- I've always been taught that comfort is queen. So you're more likely to come back and do it again the next day if you are yeah, comfortable. If you're comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. Of so for me at home, it's a comfy chair, one of those reclining chairs. Uh, my wife sits up in bed, props herself up with some pillows. That's how she starts her day. Um, it could be some people lie flat on the floor. Now, the only thing about lying down is that you're more likely to fall asleep. So there's only three things that are going to happen to you when you meditate. So one of them is you may fall asleep. And if you do, that's fine because it meant you were tired. So if you can try and prop yourself up, you're less likely to fall asleep. Um, the second thing is that you're going to have thoughts. Other misconception is your mind has to be clear like some Buddhist up in the Himalayas. It's not the case. We have 80,000 thoughts a day. You're not going to clear them all out. <laughs> you just need to make friends with them. And so the second thing that's going to happen is that you will have thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you don't have thoughts, you're dead. So it's a good thing. And then the third thing that could happen when you meditate is that you'll find stillness and silence. And that's what we're looking for. We're just looking for a space that is less noisy than the one we just left. Stillness and silence sounds good, to say the least. It does, you know, and a lot of people go, well, I don't know if I want to meditate, or what does it do? And if I just ask a group of people, would anyone here like a sense of more peace in their lives? All the hands go up. You know, would anyone like to have a bit more stillness? Yeah. Anyone like to have a bit more clarity of thought? Anyone like to have less brain fog? All the, hand, all the hands are going up, and these are the things that are accessible we just need to carve out a little bit of time for ourselves. And if you can do the five minutes in the morning, then maybe you can extend it to 10 minutes later on when you're feeling maybe 15. Maybe you can do a little bit in the afternoon as well and bookend your day. But it really is about just getting started and doing it every day. And that's really the important thing, just like you'd be advising your clients. Mm-hmm. Look, if our, our physio would say, look, if, if you want to get better, you want to get fitter, if you, you've got to do these things every day. You've got to do them regularly. So you've sold the benefits to our listeners, no question about it. You've made it sound really simple, which is great. And one of the things I thought when you're coming in is, I think, wouldn't it be really cool to actually bring our listeners through um, some meditation? Very simple, very easy, a tip or a tool that they can take away or a version of it they can take away and continue themselves, that we start them on the journey maybe today and they keep going afterwards. And it'd be great mm. if, you could, if you could do that. I would be delighted, yeah. And I'd, what I'd love to do is... Uh, share the tool that actually got me into it and led me over to California because it is by uh, the chap that taught me, David G. And it's a meditation called the 16-second meditation. And why I like this is because it takes 16 seconds. So for anyone who hasn't meditated before, that's all the time this is going to take. And it's one that you can use in a queue in a shop uh, while you're sitting at a traffic light. Uh, Maybe you're about to go into a meeting or meet someone in a cafe who you know is going to make you feel uncomfortable, this is something that you can do 
just before you go in. It's about introducing these pattern interrupts into our lives that stop us going down that normal road of those learned behaviors of feeling anxious. Or that, as long as you can drop something in, like a 16-second meditation, re- retrain our brain, and maybe we'll have a little bit more clarity going into whatever we're facing. Okay, let's so do it. Will we try it? Why not? Okay, fantastic. It. This is the first for the Real Health Podcast, by the way. Dara, my producer, and Gav, our sound engineer, get ready. You're <laughs> going to meditate for the next 16 seconds. Yeah, feel free to drop <laughs> drop some um, nice uh, music over this. <laughs> or have someone in playing a fiddle or something. I don't mind. But um, so, th- so the idea, first of all, is that, as I was saying, is to get comfortable. So if you are listening, and obviously if you are driving, do not close your eyes. But if you can, uh, wherever you're sitting at the moment, just get nice and comfortable. And it's about feeling where you are. If you're on the seat, you can feel your feet on, on the floor. You can feel your bum on whatever seat you're sitting on. Get nice and comfortable, because as I said, comfort is queen. And if we feel comfortable while we're doing this, we're far more likely to come back and do it again. So feeling nice and comfortable. Maybe we'll just relax our shoulders a little bit. We carry so much tension around in our shoulders and we keep them hunched up by our ears and oftentimes we don't actually realize that. So maybe if you want to give your shoulders a nice roll backwards or forwards, whatever you're feeling. And just starting to get into our bodies now and just feeling a little bit more present than we were a few minutes ago. So remember I said, if this is new to you, you may feel a little bit foolish doing this. You may be looking around to make sure that nobody's watching you doing this. But it is new. We haven't been taught this. And at the very least, if we have a couple of minutes here, just to feel a little bit of stillness, have a little bit of quiet, then even if you get nothing else out of the meditation, you've taken time out for yourself. And I think that's really important. Who wouldn't want a bit more of that? So we're going to focus on our breath a little bit and meditation, one form of meditation is focusing on your breath. There are other things you can focus on and we can talk about that in a a while, but right now we're going to do just a breathing meditation and it's called 16 seconds. So before we start to count, I'd like you just to focus on your breath and we're going to breathe in through our nose and down into our bellies. So a lot of the time, when we're breathing and just going about our day, we tend to breathe quite shallowly and it tends to be just the top of our lungs and usually through our mouth. So for this one, we're gonna take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in through our nose. I'm gonna follow that breath down our throat, through our chest, and we're gonna feel our bellies expand. And then we're gonna hold that breath in our belly for a couple of seconds. And then we're gonna let that out, but we're gonna follow the breath back up through our chest, up through our throat, and back out through our nose. And that's the kind of mindful breathing that we're looking for. So when you're ready, we're gonna take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in through our nose. Following the breath down into our bellies, holding the breath there. And then gently, we're gonna let that go. Follow the breath back up through the throat, out through the nose. We're gonna do another one of those. So breathing in through the nose and following the breath down into the belly. Holding it there for a couple of seconds, feeling the breath in your belly, feel your belly expand. 
and then letting it out nice and gently, following the breath back up and out through your nose. So that's the breathing technique that's already relaxing your body. In those two breaths, your growth hormone has increased, your blood pressure has reduced, your heartbeat has slowed down, there's less stress hormones in your bloodstream, just with those two breaths. So what we're gonna do now, we're gonna introduce some counting, and this is the 16 second meditation. So we're going to breathe in for four seconds, the way we just learned, to a count of four. Then we're gonna hold it for a count of four, and then we're gonna let that out for a count of four, and then we're gonna hold that breath out for four seconds. So I'll guide you through it. So sitting nice and comfortably, and when you're ready, we're gonna breathe in to a count of four. So same way, in through your nose and down into your belly. So here we go. Two, three, four. I'm gonna hold that for four. Two, three, four. Gently counting to four, we're gonna let that back out the same way. Two, three, four. And I'm gonna hold that breath out for four. Two, three, four. Now we're just breathing normally. Just let your breath come into your bellies and then back out again. And if you're feeling it now, you can gently open your eyes, breathing normally. So that's just a 16 second meditation. So how do you feel now compared to when you began that? Like a different person, truth be told. <laughs> <laughs> this is the calmest, quietest real health podcast studio ever. And I'm in my calmest, quietest mode. Normally when, you know, when you present, you're kind of hyped, you're kind of, you G yourself up almost. Mm. Oh, I got a very I folks. If you're listening and you aren't half as asleep as I am, I don't know what that says about you. But I'm very sleepy after that. That was a, that was literally one two one minute or something like that. It was very short. Yeah. So the actual breathing meditation there obviously was just 16 seconds, and we did two long, slow, deep breaths, and that was it. But you can feel in your physiology already how that has changed. I mean, mm -hmm. I was teaching Palomine, who owns a gym like yourself, who works in the same business, and it's full on. It's it's a loud environment there's people there the music is loud and it's all about physicality and being in your body and reps and and what he was struggling with he's an amazing entrepreneur and you know has created so much and is in you know physical shape that, that all of us would love to be in but he didn't have the tools to know how to decompress how to get out of that space and I did that 16 seconds with him and then a, another slightly longer meditation. And he walked out of there like a different person because for once it wasn't go, 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 do, 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 you know, the Nike swoosh, just do it. It was about just being for him, just being still for a few minutes. And it made a massive uh, difference to how he saw his day going, you know. I fit for bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we can feel... In a good way, by yeah, the way. I feel fantastic. It, yeah. it can make you feel sleepy, but I think the important thing is, like, that's a breathing meditation. And, of course, if you sit down to do that, your mind is going to wander. You'll start to think, oh, I've got to meet some guy after this, and I've got two things to do, and I never went to the shop on the way home, and I must send my niece that birthday card. You're going to have those thoughts, those lists of things are going to come in. But the really important thing is, if you're using your breath as the tool to focus on, like we did there, following the breath in down to the belly and then back out again. 
the important thing is that when your mind wanders and it will wander, you don't scold yourself. Mm -hmm. This isn't another excuse to beat ourselves up and go, oh, God, typical, can't even do this properly. You know, this is, if you imagine that it's a, a puppy that has just wandered away from, away from you, it doesn't know any better. That's what it's trained to do. So all you do is gently guide your attention back to your breath and you continue going. In the science, they've proven that it's that moment of catching your thought and gently guiding it back that's where the improvements happen in the brain. So if your mind wanders 50 times, then it's great work. That's 50 times of uh, intense work in your brain that it's actually rewiring it so that you don't veer off into that lack of awareness and stress environment. We, we go into fight or flight between 8 and 15 times a day. Before it was wild animals that you know, and somebody running in Game of Thrones style, you know, into your house with a sword, that used to send us off. Now it's attacks on our ego, on mm -hmm. our sense of self. So it could be an email. It could be that person who always rubs you up the wrong way. It could be someone who cuts you off in traffic. It could be someone who just wasn't kind to you in a shop, a rude, you know, a rude assistant behind the counter. It could be anything. So between eight, or 15, eight and 15 times a day, we're going into that place. So that little meditation... That 16 seconds is a great place to start. And if you could manage to build that into your day, if you could do that four or five times a day, you will notice the difference straight away. And your body and brain will too. Folks, well done. You've done it. Uh, you've taken on the meditation challenge and passed with flying colours. I really hope you enjoyed <laughs> it. And got. I'm looking around the studio here. Dara's looking sleepy-eyed back me, at me. Gav over there is just about still sadded on the chair. Uh, <laughs> We're all very mellow and very relaxed. Dermot Whelan, thank you so much for coming in, um, opening up to a whole different side of you that people, myself included, have never gotten to see or hear before. If people want to find out more about what you're doing, where can they find out about it? Uh, DermotWhelan.com is probably the best place to go. Uh, all the info on my, my the, all the strands that's going on, my comedy and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, that's where you'll find me f for meditation as well. And it definitely is, was a bit of a, a, a new one for me, you know, and how I was going to start integrating this into my life. And mm -hmm. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to stop worrying about other people's perception of, wait a minute, one minute you're a comedian and a radio host and they're doing this. They're all different forms of communication. You know, they're, it's all about, I think, if you're on stage, you're just exchanging energy with people. Mm -hmm. It's coming, you know, both ways. So for me, it actually feels like a really normal fit now. And if I can use my comedy to help people just find even 16 seconds of a bit of stillness in their day, then I'm up for it. So DermotWhelan.com is the place to go. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in. Folks, that's it for another episode of The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. Without a doubt, the most mellow episode we have ever, ever done. And uh, I think we're all going to keep that going for the uh, for the next couple of months. we got a few coffees in here, please. <laughs> <laughs> have a wonderful day, as always. And don't forget to rate and review and share it with somebody who might be in need of a little bit of a health kick in uh, a very different way. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Slong the fall. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.